You're listening to an Explore Finland radio show podcast. Hello, this is Mark Wiltshire and thanks for choosing to listen to the Explore Finland radio show in partnership with Glenn Murray, the Nordic tourist. For this episode, I'm happy to return to my conversation with Michael hutchinson Reese, part two of two about the production of wood tar. In the previous episode, we talked about the wood tar making industry in Finland. And in this episode, we're going to discuss the Tervaviko, or Tar Week Festival in 2022. It's an event that takes place every three years in the woods around the village of Kortene in southern Ostrobotnia. You'll hear Michael explain the proceedings of the event, I then headed back there for the lighting ceremony on the Wednesday and for the final ceremony on the Friday when the tap was opened and the wood tar flowed. Okay, let's hear again from Michael. It is it is hopeful, it's very optimistic that um, we can be optimistic that this is going to be passed on from generation to generation. I'm going to try and get my kids, well the kids are going to come and have a look. Maybe when they're older, they might actually join in. So, um, so that's hopefully the future is is going to be that this is going to continue, won't be lost forever. And isn't that kind of the point of this Tervaviko? So it's like I'm. It happens every three years. I, I when I, when I saw that it was taking place this year, I thought the three-year gap was due to COVID. But then I no, did a bit no. of research and found out it happens no, no, every, no, three it's every three years because yeah. of this wood curing yeah. process. Yeah. I guess when people were doing this as an industry, they had a batch of trees for this year and another one for next year and another one for three years time, and they would yeah. they would work through these three-year process, but still make tar every year. And now. It's done, I don't, uh, what do you call it, a ceremony or it's a cultural event and we can hear the chainsaws doing their work again. But it takes place here, we're in the woods in Quartenade, close to the Olympic Training Centre which I covered in one of the very earliest uh, Explore Finland podcasts. So we've done, we've done Quartenade quite quite a good service with the show over the well, years I think this yeah but the, the thing is I came here like I have some certain like little jokes that I tell about the culture shock I had when I came here because like I said this was not my Finland even though I'd been coming to Finland for you know since I was a, a child this was a different kind of Finland and I kind of learned things I, I kind of learned about agriculture farming you know, how Finnish farmers here in this area manage to survive on, you know, like the, 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 the kind of prices, the economy of agriculture, uh, how important EU subsidies are so that we actually get to eat our cornflakes in the morning, all those, all those kinds of things, mm. so how we are actually connected to Quartanet. But we just, when we go to the supermarket, we just take it for granted. But behind that, there's somebody here in Quartanet driving a tractor up and down in the field, you know? So it's like, Getting a, a better kind of idea about the environment, my environment, where where our food and milk come, you know, where our food and dairy products come from, where the wood comes from, everything. And so this event now, highlighting this historical industry, art form, um, but keeps it alive for the modern the modern day, and I guess show, shows people the importance of. of where they've where they've come from yeah 
Um, and also, what's happening with people like you getting interested in what's going on here is like when I started, um, there were a few tourists turned up. There were Finnish Americans who were on holiday in Finland, you know, and they, they, their families were of Finnish origin, but they actually knew very little about the history and the culture of, of this part of Finland, even though their families came from this part. So, so I ended up because I got sent out to talk to these people in English. So I was, uh, and we were doing it. We were making jokes about it, but we're doing it very lightheartedly. But then we just realised that this is actually very important. These people, second, third, fourth, fifth generation Finnish Americans, they need to know about this mm. because that's their history, and that actually is something that they're going to take back. I mean, we made a few jokes about it. Like I, I was getting kind of, um, I was getting questions coming from Finnish Americans. When I sh when I showed them the photographs, when they saw the photographs, they were saying things like, um, "Is this some kind of religious thing where Finnish people go in the forest and they kind of worship a forest god or something? You know, is this kind of pagan pre-Christian stuff?" And, I said, and then I, had, I actually got into the same discussion about this is Dereva and this is the history and all the rest of it. Um, and so, so it's it's interesting, it's amusing, but it's important. It's important that people understand where this tar, wood tar producing process fits into the present day culture, the present day economy, and particularly the agricultural kind of basis of this area's economy, but also the newer aspects of the Olympic Training Center, which is what, three, four hundred meters mm, away. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I think that I'm, 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 you know, I've always been keen on history and culture, but I'm also trying to make people aware of that this is not some weird, interesting thing that you might see in a museum or, on a, or you know, a safari trip to Kuadvanet. You know, oh, look at these quaint kind of old-fashioned traditions. This is our life. This is our culture. This is, you know, important in the present day as much as it has been in the past. And. You said that there are tourists that come to this Dervavico event and it kicks off on the Wednesday yeah. of the week. And I guess it doesn't matter what year you're listening to this, we're recording in 2022. The next one hopefully will be around in 2025, so you've got time to plan your trip. Yeah. But where, where do people come to? If they want to come to this place, where should they head to? Um, at the moment, Quartanet is very much like, um, I make a comparison with Trinidad. Uh, if that's, if that's, that's okay. because, because many of your comparisons do go back to Trinidad. No, yeah. well, I was thinking about Trinidad because Trinidad uh, is the third wealthiest nation in the Americas after the USA, Canada, and then Trinidad. Um, so the per capita GDP is higher than Estonia or wherever. Uh, so it's a wealthy country, and they've actually they've actually not focused on tourism and particularly their biggest selling point, unique selling point is Trinidad Carnival. So Trinidad Carnival, a, an island of one and a quarter million people at carnival time, um, you get the population of the island is doubled right, okay, by yeah, people yeah. coming in. But those people coming in, they're actually, they're actually relatives or friends. Okay. They're not people sitting on the other side of the world thinking, oh look, Trinidad Carnival, yeah. let's go. So nobody knows about it unless you're connected in some way. The diaspora comes the back. Diaspora, yeah, and I mean it's a lot of money coming yeah. in from Brooklyn and New York and everywhere, Miami. But but it's it's still kind of, of you have to have some kind of social family contact to actually be aware of it and then to go. 
once your friends, if I take you down to Trinidad, you went once and then you want to go back again, then the, the tourism will start. Kortana is the same. I am not, I, the only reason I'm here is because my wife is from here and her family have been here for 500 years and that's why I'm here. So I end up here by a kind of accident because of who I ended up marrying. Uh, and then I bring my friends here and I get, you know, my family, my friends come here and then they begin to know Kortanet. The, um, the Olympic Training Center is very important because like every year I go over here and meet the Trinidadian Olympic athletes here. And like, if you go to Trinidad now in the middle of carnival, you know, somebody asks you where you come from, you say, oh, I come from Finland. They say, oh, Kuatanet yeah, Olympic yeah. Training Center. So it's on the map, it's on the world map. And I think that that's what we're trying to do here. Kuatanet has got a lot to offer. People can stay at the hotel at the um, training center. There's another hotel, small hotel, just down the shore down here. Um, and so there's places where you can stay. Uh, but it's like, it's like Kuatan is a bit of a kind of, um, what's the word, it's like a hidden gem mm -hmm. of tourism, you know, people have to get here to realise what there is on offer here. And so, because there's not, where we are sitting in the woods, there's not an immediate landmark, I mean there's the lake, there's the training centre, yeah. but is this place signposted on the, on the during the week that this is where the, the uh, tar pit is and this is well, where the ceremony the, takes the, place? Um, the, uh, the town council or the Kuartene council, mm. local local authority, they've done a lot of work in promoting Tervavi uh, and then the Kuhinat, uh, the market and the, 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 street the festival, thing, yeah. you know. So, but even so, at the moment, in the year 2022, if, if you come back at the weekend to see the Kuhinat, the people coming here will be either, you know, so-called, um, like me, Kesa Kuatanalaiset. Mm -hmm. You know, we're only here in the summer for the holidays because we've got some family or some summer house or mm -hmm. something, we're only here. And then they're friends and friends and friends and then a few people wandering from the Olympic Training Center. Um, so, so I mean, Kuatan is doing a good job in promoting it. It's what it's got. and. Um, but it's still a bit of a hidden, it's a bit of a sort of hidden sort of gem of tourism and, and culture and activities. So I'm coming on the Wednesday, we're here Monday at the, the start of the week and the, and the pit is being built. On the Wednesday is the lighting ceremony and I've seen a video of that online and it looks like it's quite, a, quite an interesting spectacle to yeah. see the thing lit and, and everything. So we'll be, we'll be showing some video from that and, and getting some pictures adding to the blog post. What else is there going on during the week here that people might might see? Well, the, the other thing about the, the, the tar pit is that on the Sunday, on the morning, there is a, um, uh, a religious service, there's a Christian religious service in the morning. Now, whatever your religious beliefs are, I mean, I, I grew up in the church, so the kind of culture of church going is, is not you know, it's quite familiar to me. It's not, and my wife is, is, is works in the church anyway. But one of the things that I would say is that the church service, when I came the first time and I, I took some photographs and filmed it, I was kind of really kind of moved by it. It was kind of having a, a, a church service out in the woods around the tar pit. And we were all dressed up in our, you know, in our gear and everything. And uh, it was quite moving, it was quite special. And there were songs, there's a choir, and there's going to be music. And then during this whole week, there's going to be, every night is going to be, you know, like, we've got, I mean, you'll, you'll see when you come back on Wednesday, there's going to be a bar. 
at the right, bottom. Okay. There's going to so be a bar here. All here around in the area. Yeah, around yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Right, good to and, know. Uh, I must say the bar's okay. It's, okay. It's, it's like, you know, it's all very well behaved. It doesn't, you know, I was thinking, oh no, it's going to go, you know, like, people out in the woods drinking, like, you know, oh no, it's going to go really bad. But it, it's okay. Uh, but again, I'd say that it's friends and family. Yeah. Everybody knows yeah. everybody. So it's a kind of thing, I mean, you're, you know, I'm, you come in and people will be very pleased to see you. But um, again, it's like, you know, uh, people really don't come here if they don't have, so far, they don't come here if they don't have some connection. And is it round somewhere near the tar pit where they have the axe throwing competition as yeah, well? Yeah, the axe throwing. Yeah, I've got a, a, a nice video of my, my <laughs> friend, Mrs. Tierman, getting an ace from like how she did that. And this is, this is a big axe that you'd throw double-handed over your head. Yeah. I, I spoke to my dad yesterday and he forbade me from doing it because no, he thought got, I'd do myself it, a damage. Got, but what amazed me was that uh, my my goddaughter's mother, she I mean, she's a dancer, so that might have given her a bit of an edge. But she just came out and she just got this great big axe, went over, didn't bang herself in the back, <laughs> and went boom and got a bullseye wow. from, I think it's about, you know, five, six meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't do that. So, <laughs> so the act, the act, and there's, I know that there's my mother-in-law's cousin, and he's a bit of the local champ. Okay. The okay. He like, he's a little guy. He must be in his fifties, sixties now, but he can do it. And um, so, you know, there are these hidden skills that people have here. Previously, you mentioned about tar being used in food as well. Yeah. And um, is there, is this the kuhina? where there's the, um, the the market selling the tar-based yeah, yeah, products yeah. as well. Well, the, the Lions Club will sell the tar. They'll yeah. be selling the tar, and they'll be selling the tar because um, the money they, they raise will go to charities. Yeah, okay. So okay. that's it. Everything, everything is, is all the money, any, the little money, but the money that is made from this tar is going to be going towards charities. So they'll be selling it at the market as well. Yeah, okay. So come, come down and check out what's going on at the tar pit, but then also in the market, which is Friday and the Saturday yeah. at the end of the week. I just remembered my wife told me that I must make a, a, a mention this plug to food. Yes. Um, there's the, the beer dumplings. Yes, okay. You've got to try that out. It's sweet. It's nice. Um, it looks kind of weird, but, but you have that. That's really nice with raisins and everything okay. that's very tasty and then also my one of my favorites is the um the army pea soup okay store. Yep. that's quite good uh pea soup and a little bit of uh, crisp bread rye bread and that's all in the market yeah area. We'll be in okay the market oh, this there. is yeah, this yeah. is good because i remember back in one of the earlier episodes in quarter we were talking about ice cream and my friend baby told me that the favorite flavor of ice cream in etelapokema was tar yeah and i think this ties it up quite nicely i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing this whole event um michael thanks for welcoming me Thank to quarterly's third of a week and maybe i could just get uh, an invite in for next time you come down we'll do the the battlefield tour that sounds great that because that is really interesting i you know i'm not you know i'm not particularly military buff type person but actually it's fascinating to actually go and look at the site and try and imagine what they what they thought they were doing 200 years ago when they had this battle. I like a battle uh, episode as well. Yeah. But until that time, thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Thanks for thank your time. You. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
so here we are it's the wednesday we found our spot on the temporary stands or bleachers surrounding the fire pit we're in a small clearing surrounded by tall trees pine trees in the background there i can see the sun just glistening off of lake quarterne stretching out to the horizon as i can see it here and we're just waiting for the Lions Club uh, guys to to come out and get this get this fire started. Um, the stands around me, the bleachers are full, and the area surrounding this uh, the, the fire pit is is full of people as well. Everyone's straining to find a, a vantage point to see the the ceremony and to see the lighting. The leader of the, the Lions Club is uh, will soon climb up onto the onto the fire pit to deliver the opening ceremony and and speeches. And as I'm looking now, one of the one of the team is walking around and just pouring tar onto the outer layer of the fire, which is which basically like pine. they the traditional planks, thin planks. They're being doused in tar, ready hat. to. Uh, as a, as a propellant for the fire starting. braces or suspenders loose trousers or pants and these l large heavyweight leather boots and they all have a small attachments hanging from their their hats they they look like the size of a cork hanging from a, a leather strap it's actually a piece of wood and they have different and they all have a different number of them and it, it signifies how many times they've taken part in one of these tar pit ceremonies um, so I can see that Michael has two he was telling me earlier that he should have he believes he should have three but he's only got two and I saw somebody earlier with uh, with five or six or more in his hat Okay, I can see the uh, the leader of the Lions Club is is about to take his position. So, let's listen to the uh, to the opening ceremony. And with those words, all of the Lions Club guys, they've got sticks with a bit of maybe birch bark wrapped around the end as a wick and they get it lit. And each one takes their own burning fire lighter round the various sections of the, uh, of the fire pit and ignite it. And slowly, Small patches of flame start to start to take hold, and then it spreads round the entire outside of this these kindling planks, and it's singeing the moss on the top. But the fire 
the fire burns quite high, but in a really controlled way towards the centre of the uh, of the mound where they have this this pencil pole that Michael mentioned, and the heat is strong. There's a slight smell of tar, obviously from the from the fire lighting tar that they uh, that they poured, but the fire is certainly ablaze. The crowd have started to disperse already, possibly to the bar, which I saw nearby. Um, and now the Lions Club guys come back out. They've got these very long, maybe three meter long poles with wooden poles with a metal triangle on the end. And they're coming to rake the moss and bracken that's on the top of the, of the wood pile down over the edges to dampen down the fire. The, the heat will be kept underneath, as Michael explained, and, and the wood will start to burn slowly, sweating that resin out that will become the tar that we will come back and see on Friday, and you can see the net results and possibly hear it if you keep listening. Okay, I'm back here now on the Friday. The, what was a pristine, soon-to-be fire pit on Wednesday is now a, a burning, smouldering, much depleted in size, but still burning strongly. You can see, looking through the, um, the, moss, the layers of moss, you can still see fire burning underneath, glowing, red hot, and occasionally when the wind... Uh, takes the oxygen into the fire it, it little fires break out on the sides there's a lot of white smoke pouring off the mound which Michael told us the other day means that it's burning at the right temperature if it starts going black then it means the the tar is burning but this at the moment seems all all good the wood is producing the tar and I know it's producing the tar because I have been Blessed. It's not so bad. <laughs> How's it taste? Salty and smoky. Good. I guess oh, how I expected. You're gonna be you're gonna be healthy for the next year now. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I have a, a tar thumbprint in the middle of my forehead and I also have the taste of tar on the back of my throat. One of the, uh, the Lions Club performed a very, uh, very short ceremony which you, uh, can, which you just heard and which you can see if you go to the, uh, the blog post or the accompanying video of this. And... There was a much shorter ceremony today uh, just to, to sort of signify that the, the, the tar is ready to be sort of tapped. And then we went round to the side and um, many people were queuing up to get the, to get the same thumbprint and, uh, and a few of them to get a, a taste of the tar as well.
Now, the area is—it's not as busy as it was on Wednesday, but still, there's a there's a few hundred people here, all just milling around, chatting with friends, and soaking up the atmosphere. And that atmosphere is smoky and <laughs> tar-scented. Um, I think it's probably time for me to head away from here, but I'm going to go and check out the nearby Markinat, which is like a fair or market, um, which in Kuotene is called Kuhinat. So I think that just about wraps up today's show. I was about to say thank you to Michael once again for his time. Remember, Glenn and I filmed during the Dervavika week, so check out the show notes for links to the video and photos from that day. Also, look for Explore Finland Radio Show on YouTube, where you'll find the video version of me commentating on the Wednesday and Friday of the Dervavika Festival. I hope you like the visual version as well as the audio version you've just heard. If you enjoy the show and want to show your support, then please take a minute to share this episode. You can spread the word to your friends on your social network of choice. Let them know about the show and invite them to explore Finland with us. And also, if there's a subject you want me to cover in a future episode, you can contact me via the website or social media. I'd be really happy to hear from you. But until the next episode, listener, thanks for listening and goodbye. You've been listening to the Explore Finland radio show. You can find me online at explorefinlandpodcast.com. You can follow the show on your social network of choice. Facebook, at Explore Finland Radio Show. Twitter, at Explore Finland. Instagram, at Mark Wilshire. See the links in the episode description. And remember to subscribe, rate and review the show wherever you're listening or watching. 